0: Who's excited to be in church this morning? Come on, God is good. We have a special treat for us this morning. Pastor Joe and Nancy are are ministering at another church, but they have sent the best to come and minister to us. To take their place this morning. So you
1: guys have seen them. They have come many times. Tisa and Jean Nicole. They are
0: have been missionaries, and I believe they were in Mozambique and then they went to South Africa. And now they're back in the US and they're waiting for their next mission to go ahead and be sent out to another nation. But we are so blessed to be able to have them here with us this morning. So can you please give them a round of applause? These are our heroes. I want you to understand, these are our heroes of the faith. So, oh, Tisa, Tisa's going to start us out.
1: Yes, we love you. You are our heroes, absolutely, and it's such a privilege. We snuck in to a service about a month ago, and that, du- that just wasn't enough, and absolutely, and I'm going to be back here for Jesus Matters, would not miss that. And so, yes, my name is Tisa. Nicole, my husband, Gene, for those that are new to the church, I'll give just a, um, uh, a little summation of uh, how we are a part of this family and how together we've been reaching Mozambique and South Africa, and now we're about to go into Southeast Asia. Um, you, you supported me as a single missionary when the church first began. I think I was your first missionary And what a privilege and honor. And I was serving just as a single gal, um, working with Iris Global uh, with Heidi and Roland Baker for a number of years. And uh, my husband led a team. He was interning with another ministry called Global Awakening. He brought 40 people, and I was the gal that meets teams at the airport. And then brings them back to the ministry and keeps them alive. And uh, <clears throat> and that's how we met. And so the Lord did what he does best. And uh, we began our friendship, which grew and grew. He ended up moving to Mozambique to pursue me, serve in the ministry. I believe his application to the ministry was I want to be a father to the fatherless, and I want to pursue Tisa Miller <laughs> because she's the one, and here we are. We, we served together after getting married. We got married on 777 uh, and uh, served in Mozambique until the Lord uh, gave us a, a vision of a family-based care uh, children's village in South Africa. The ministry had purchased this beautiful piece of land with four houses And there was always this dream in my heart. I'm taking my time to give you a few more details. And the reason why, guys, is he's not going to tell any stories. He's, you know, like Pastor Jared and Pastor Joe, he is just word, you know, verse after verse after verse. And so I'm going to tell a few stories. And then we're going to invite him up. Amen? Yes. Um, And where were we? We got married on 777. My dream wedding was for Luke 14 where we would be able to invite, you know, invite the the whole community in Africa, invite the poor, have this big feast where just everyone could come and and sit at the table of our father. We were right on the beach, so we had maybe 100 or 200 people give their lives to Jesus there. Yes, and and they even wanted to do baptisms that day. You know, we we were going to go and take some pictures and and get to the feast, too. So, uh, but it was so beautiful. And then there was probably about 1,200 people at the wedding. They all went home and brought, like, two friends because at the feast, we had about 3,000 people. And so... Yeah, so that's how we started our journey together. Pretty cool. And we served for a few more years until we got launched to South Africa. As I was saying, that's right, okay. Um, we had these four beautiful houses on this property. And I felt like the Lord said, fight for the family, okay? I mean, we have, you know, an orphan crisis going on globally. And, and how do we answer this? Well, God has given us the answer, he, he's given us the family. We fight for the family. We fight for fathers and mothers. We, we fight to see children come in and become sons and daughters of the king. And I, I would watch these kids come in, and, and some of them from horrific abuse, friends, uh, 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 burn marks throughout their body. It, just, it's not even worth repeating some of the the atrocities that these kids endured. You know, literally being afraid to be touched. Or the opposite, being so full of hate and, and, and rage after what's been done to them. Oh yeah. And now bringing them into the home, it's not... You know, we want to say it's going to just be great. It is a journey of love, a messy journey of love, walking, you know, uh, anyone through healing and, and, and watching them encounter God, providing a place where they're so loved that no matter what they do, We're still going to be there. We're still going to fight to get them into the presence of God because we know if we can get them into the presence in front of Jesus, then all of that stuff is going to come off. Okay? But we don't say, oh, you poor baby. Oh, you've been so hurt. Oh, just wreck the house. Go ahead, baby. Just go at it. No, we don't do that, do we? No, in love, we say, there's a better way. Come, let me hold you. And I feel like even right now on our streets, you know, there's a lot of pain on the streets. But do we say, no, just go, wreck the, wreck the city. No, no, we don't. So, amen for standing for truth and righteousness. Amen. That we stand for Jesus. That we don't have to bow to what the the narrative is. I fight every day for black lives. I fight for all lives. I fight. Man. Okay? But we do it in a way that pleases Jesus and that upholds his word. Amen? Amen. And so... We were serving in South Africa, a beautiful children's village, thriving, and to see these families. And the goal was that the family would become so whole that we could then send them back into the community to shine for Jesus, to be completely interdependent, you know, self-sustained, where they're not running, you know, to us But that they're, you know, providing food for their neighbor. They're preaching Jesus to their neighbor. They're, you know, shining brightly within the community. So we were able to launch families. And the goal also for Jean and I was always to be able to, you know, lovingly have so much leadership raised up that we, you know, would be able to step away Nobody quite prepares you for when that day comes, though. And and when it did, we were left with kind of this whole feeling of, but we're loved here. We're honored here. This is our family. I've had three babies in South Africa. My African brothers and sisters are more of a family to me than anywhere else. And now... Now you're gonna, now you're gonna make me leave. <laughs> you know there was that part of me that just was like, "Say it's not." You know, Lord, take this cup. You know, kind of. And yet, as the months went on, and we just kind of hid it in our hearts for a while. But then we just knew that we knew that it was time, and God had given us the best leadership team ever. We called them uh, the dream team because it just was unbelievable how strong and, and, and going to the next level they were. So we, we, we did. We, we just said, okay, Lord, so what is next? And the Lord didn't tell us clearly what was next. He said, come on the journey with me. You will know as you go. And so that's, That's what, you know, we shared that. We lovingly, our African family blessed us, launched us off on the journey, and we came back to America without knowing what was next. And everybody, of course, is asking, what's next? And I'll be honest, there was the little bit of um, temptation to spin something impressive, you know, because everybody, missionaries, you know, we... We can evangelize. I try not to, in Jesus' name. My my husband, every once in a while, he's like, I think. <laughs> and and people, you know, want to know what is next, and yet we would ask the Lord, "What is next?" And the Lord was just giving us one step at a time, like literally. One one city at a time, sometimes one day at a time. And we were, for the past year and a few months, we have been obeying that. He led us uh, to all of our churches to be able to come alongside. He led us to Florida for a season where Gene was writing a book, where uh, we were able to, as a family, just really... Rest and um, uh, God. It was answering some prayers for our girls. A beautiful season there, but also we needed to take inventory of of we we know who we are in Jesus. Please understand. We weren't having any kind of identity crisis or anything like that. We know absolutely who we are, but isn't it good when God is transitioning you in seasons, every decade or so? Friends, lay yourself before God and let Him reveal your gift set. Who, what you're carrying in the spirit—it changes. And what we were carrying when we began our journey when we were married was something completely different than who we are now. And the Lord was revealing that. He, he, he was revealing we're not going to be pioneering another children's village. No, we're, we're training end time harvesters. We are training end-time harvesters. We're going after the five-fold indigenous heroes wherever he leads us. And today, where are we? Amen. So you're our heroes. And I don't say that to try to elevate. You guys really are our heroes. We have been praying for you, and absolutely, we we, 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 we so... Uh, are, are just in awe of the Jesus in you that has stood the test and will continue to stand the test. Amen? I haven't been to a church yet while I'm in America where I saw people running to the altars in worship. Amen. Thank you, friends. Amen. So more of that, Lord, more of that for my family here. And so we've been on this just step by step journey. And at the beginning of the year, the Lord showed us no, you are going. We always knew we would end up back in the nations, but we didn't know how long the season in America would be. And the Lord began showing us uh, Southeast Asia that He's going to have a wave of missionaries coming from the Philippines maybe even Thailand Cambodia uh, uh, Malaysia Sri Lanka like there's this wave of missionaries coming for the uh, for the Middle East I believe and so we we asked the Lord Lord can we be a part of that <laughs> can, 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 can and and we felt like the Lord was saying yes and he he spoke to me so clearly but Jean was like oh I don't know. So we sent him in February. The Lord spoke very clearly to buy tickets from February 9th to the 20, uh, 23rd. It was very exact, and, and now we look back and we know why, right? If if he would have delayed that flight for one week, he would perhaps still be in the Philippines. <laughs> So we're just so in awe. And while Gene was there, the Lord showed him that this is the place. And so we're so honored. And now we are definitely in the, the, the stages of being launched there. We started our own 501c3 Awaken Hearts ministry. And Gene is going to tell you a little more, I think, uh, with what the Lord really spoke word for word for him. And I know he's going to share the word with us. So I love you, honey, and I will.
0: Hallelujah. Oh, here. I'm on. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, honey. Hallelujah. I'll go ahead and sit down. Yeah, don't give that to Victoria. <laughs> Well, it's good to be here with you all today. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we just love Jesus. And we're all on a journey to find the heartbeat of our Heavenly Father. How many are here? It's your first time here at Metro Praise. Raise your hand. Any first-time visitors this morning? Welcome. We're glad to have you here. Well, wow, I feel honored that, that Joe would give me his pulpit, and he's not here. So uh, we, we spent some time together yesterday, and he, he gave me the green light. So hallelujah, I'm excited. I see it's 10 o'clock now, and there's another service at 11, so we'll be, need to be praying for a miracle. <laughs> anyway, we're so excited to be here. So what Tisa was saying... Um, I think it was Christmas morning. Um, the Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. And I waited on him because I knew he wanted to speak to me. I was still. I was quiet. Five at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., two and a half hours, still waiting to hear what Jesus wanted to say. I get a message from a friend in Swaziland. It said, he said, what is the word of the Lord for 2020? So I said, Lord, what's your word for 2020? And he spoke to my spirit and he said, I am awakening hearts to know me. I am awakening hearts to know me. I'm calling sons and daughters to arise and shine, to begin to walk in and fulfill their destiny in calling in me. So the Father is awakening hearts that people might know Him. And look what happened we had a divine reset, everything was shut down, sports were canceled. God is up to something. I'm telling you, we are living in epic times. Epic. These are biblical days we're living in. Biblical times we're living in. It's so good to be alive in this day, in this hour. So several weeks ago, I was talking with a pastor friend of mine from Ankeny. And he said something to me that really got me thinking we were talking about the the virus and and the social unrest and everything that's going on and he said heaven has an answer heaven has an answer and i couldn't shake that i could not shake it Heaven has an answer for what's going on. And so I'm walking with the Lord one morning and I'm asking, Lord, what is the answer for what's going on? There's so much fear that's so rampant out there. And I know your word says in 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Why is there so much fear out there? What is the answer for the people of God? Why is the world in the state that the world is in? Friends, we are in a war. If you didn't know it, we are in a war. We have an enemy, and he's out to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. But greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. So I'm walking along talking with the Lord. I'm like, what's the answer? You said heaven has an answer. What's the answer? And Jesus spoke to me, and he said, I am. I am. I am the answer. The I am of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt is the answer. He said, I am the answer. The only answer for what is going on today is Jesus. It's the Word of God. This is the only absolute truth there is. It's the Word of God. And Jesus said, I am the answer. Then he said something else, and he said, and I live in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He said, I am the answer, and I live in you. Therefore, you are the answer. You are the answer to a lost and dying world. You have the answer. He lives inside of you. Think about it. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of you. The God who created the whole universe that spoke the universe into existence lives inside of you. You have the answer. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have the answer for people that are lost and dying, afraid, fearful. Am I going to get the coronavirus? No. No. I have good news for you. Jesus Christ lives in you. If you've been born again, you've been born from above. He lives inside of you. And Luke seventeen twenty one tells us the kingdom of God, it's within you. Christ lives in you. Think about that for a little bit. The one who created the universe lives inside of you. And his name is Jesus. He's the answer. He's the answer. Thank you, Lord there is no way this message is getting completely preached but that's okay Colossians 1:26-27 says the mystery which has been hidden from ages from generations but now has been revealed to his saints To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery has been revealed. It was actually revealed almost 2,000 years ago. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the answer. Colossians, uh, Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells inside of you? Second Corinthians 6.16 says, for you are the temple of the living God. The living God lives inside of you. God is not dead. God is alive and he lives inside of you. We need to be people of the light. He's calling forth sons and daughters who have their identity in Him and His Word and then on the finished work of the cross. It is finished. When He hung on the cross and said, It is finished, He established the new covenant, a new order. The old is done away with. All things changed at the cross. Hallelujah. Jesus is the answer. And he lives in you. Before Jesus came, there was a man called John the Baptist that came on the scene. He came with a message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. John the Baptist was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord. He wasn't preaching in the synagogues. He was preaching in the wilderness. He wasn't preaching in the church. He was out on the streets of Chicago preaching. The Lord is raising up a company of John the Baptist who have the voice of one. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. There's one coming after me who's greater than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people They came came out to the wilderness to be baptized with the baptism of John for repentance. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, the Greek word is metanoia, and it literally means change the way you think. It means if you're going in this direction, turn around and go in the opposite direction. What John was really saying to them Stop with your unbelief and start believing. Start believing. There's one coming after me. He was speaking to the religious people. Stop with your unbelief. Start believing. And then he says, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Brood of vipers, he was calling them. And and who else did that? Jesus did the same thing. Then you turn to... One chapter over, Matthew 4, 17, Jesus comes on the scene. After being baptized by John, after the Spirit be descending upon him, after being led by the Spirit into the wilderness, what happens? Jesus comes with a message. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think. I am the one the prophets prophesied about. I'm bringing the kingdom of my father to the earth. Hallelujah. Jesus came to establish his father's kingdom. It's why he came to the earth. Now we know. We know he came for many reasons. He came to forgive our sin. Ephesians 1.17 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. He came to forgive our sins. We all know that. And two, to reconcile us back to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. The only way to the Father is through the Son. And Jesus came to reconcile us back to our Father in heaven. It's why he came. Forgive our sin, reconcile us to the Father. But then, in 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. God was reconciling himself to himself through his son, Jesus Christ, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that was in Christ. So we all have the ministry of reconciliation, friends. We're called to reconcile those back to their father in heaven. And number three... He came to establish his father's kingdom. Jesus came to earth to establish the kingdom of the father. How did Jesus teach his disciples how to pray? Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God, friends, is within you. So what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? It's the rule and the reign of Christ. It's his dominion. It's, there has to, to be a kingdom. There has to be a king. Amen? And that king is Jesus. It's where he rules and reigns. If he rules and reigns in your heart, th- that's where there's dominion. And he's called us to be a governmental people, to rule and to reign with him. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to be on the throne of your heart. He wants your whole heart, all the areas of your heart, so he can rule and reign. And then he can establish you as a governmental people. To bring his kingdom to the earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. It's why he came. He came to establish his father's kingdom. It's his government. Look what's going on right now. Friends, if you're not aware, America is under attack right now. We are in a war and they are trying to steal our freedoms. They are trying to silence our voices. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying this morning. It's time to wake up and smell the coffee. Stop drinking the Kool Aid of social media. There are so many lies being spoken out there. And I said it earlier. I said, this is the only truth. I've watched all of one hour of news in the last three months. If that, because I know this is where the answer is. The answer is found in the book. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Heaven has an answer and it's you. You have the answer. It's him. It's in his word. We need to become a people of the word of God. We have to know the word of God. We have to live the word of God. We have to be the people of life. We need to speak truth into the atmosphere. We need to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the coming of the Lord. The voice of one. In order to do that, we have to spend time in the word. We have to spend time sitting at his feet, listening to what he has to say. What he's saying to me, he's saying to people everywhere. God is speaking. There's hungry people all over the world. There's people that need an answer. They're in search of an answer. They're looking for a hope. They're looking to us. We need to be that light. We need to bring them into the truth of the word of God. So for that to happen, his government has to be established in our life. Isaiah the prophet said. In chapter 9, 6 and 7, he said, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder. We are the body of Christ. Corporately we're the body of Christ. He's the head. We're the body. We need to have the mind of Christ. We have to have the word of God firmly established within us. We our identity needs to be in him and his word so that we can bring truth to a lost and dying world. They're looking for answers. They're looking to us. We have to be salt and light. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And in verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isaiah prophesied That the kingdom of God would increase. It's a superior government. It's a superior government. It's the government of God. The government of heaven. Established in the saints of God on the earth. They're trying to silence us. They're telling us we can't gather together. We can't meet. California, they're saying you can't even sing in the church. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. They're trying to bring in socialism and Marxism. It's time for the saints of God to rise up and to shine. Jesus, have mercy on us. It goes back to Genesis. In Genesis 1, 26, 27, and 28, One twenty six, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. There it is. We were created to have dominion. To rule and to reign. To bring the government of God to the earth. It's why Jesus came. To establish his father's kingdom. And it's an eternal kingdom. Isaiah prophesied of the increase of his government and his peace. There will be no end. I don't care how dark it's getting. That means our light's going to shine that much brighter. The word of God says of the increase of his government, the government of heaven, the government of God, where the king, Jesus, rules and reigns in your heart. And we established his kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. We are called to be a governmental people to rule and to reign on the earth where we stand for righteousness. In um, Romans 10, 10 or 14, 17, it says, the kingdom of God, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Where the saints of God live righteously. They're filled with peace of God. They're not walking in fear. And they're full of joy. They're happy. Because they know the king. Goes back. To the word the Lord spoke to me that Christmas morning. I am awakening hearts to know me. If we really know him. John 17.3 says to know him. To know the father and to know the son is eternal life. Eternal life is found in knowing him. They 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 might be able to kill my fleshly body. The disease might be able to kill me, but instantly I get my glorified body and I'm with Jesus. It's win-win, folks. It's win-win. Whoo! Paul talked about it. Whether I live or whether I die. I don't know which is better. I don't know which is better. But I think it's better that we be alive so we can proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God coming to the earth. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is saying something here. We are a governmental people. We were created to rule and to reign with him. To have dominion. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the answer. And he lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. He's the answer and he lives in you. That's good news. That is good news. And you're seated with him. According to Ephesians 2.6. It says, and he's raised us up together and he seated us in the heavenly realms, together with him. That is our positional place, seated together with him in the heavenly places. Think about it. We're seated with him in the heavenly, far above all principalities, all powers, all rulers of darkness. We're seated. That's a place. Of authority. He said it's finished. We know two verses later. He says we're saved by grace through faith. Not of works lest any man should boast. We're seated with him. It's a finished work. Together with him in the heavenly places. That's a good place to be. That's it. We need to know who we are. Whose we are, and the authority that we have and that we carry. Amen? Amen? Jesus told us He's given us all authority and all power over all the power of the enemy. He's told us that. Isaiah. Chapter 54, 17 prophesied. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn or refute. For this is the heritage of the servants of Lord. And their righteousness is in me. I'm just giving you the straight up word of God to combat the enemy when he comes against you. And the the place he attacks is our mind. But he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Nothing can stop us of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end. So we are here on the earth to establish the kingdom of God. And bring to reconcile those that are lost and dying out in the world back to the Father. We need to bring them back into the Father's house. You know, it's the goodness and the kindness of God that brings us to repentance. We were singing a song about the mercy seat. And uh, I went to the, my, my app on my phone and, and I was looking up the scripture. And I believe it's in Exodus 25... I believe 21 and 22 where God had given Moses the instruction how to build the ark and put the mercy seat on top of it and the cherubim and then he says to Moses he says and there I will meet with you so where does he meet with us when we show mercy when we show kindness He says, there I am, there I am, and I will meet with you. It's his goodness and his kindness that leads people to repentance. You know, God is, he's brought us all on this journey. We're all on a different journey to find the heartbeat of our father. And he takes each one of us on a different path. But the ultimate goal is him. It's to know him. Heaven has an answer. Jesus is the answer. And he lives in you. He lives in you. We're seated with him on the throne. That's a place of ruling and reigning with him, with him. And then in Mark 16, 15, he commissions us to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. And he said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In Matthew 28 18, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, go. When he said go, he transferred his authority and his power to us. There was a transfer that was made, it was a divine exchange. We have all power and all authority over all the power of the enemy. The only power he has is that which you give him when you come into agreement with his lies. And the reason you do is because you've failed to know the word of God. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge of the word of God. We need to be people of the word of God. Because the enemy, he's, I'll give him a little bit credit. He's a little bit smart, but not too smart. He'll come with a partial truth. And if you don't know the full counsel of the word of God, he will deceive you and lead you into error. We need to be people of the word of God. We need to be people that will spend time in his presence, sitting at his feet, waiting upon him. He's given us all authority. Hebrews 10, verse 12 through 13 says something here. But this man, Jesus, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. He paid the sacrifice once and for all. It's not the old covenant. We don't have to kill bulls and goats and rams and all kinds of animals. Jesus was the sacrifice once and forever. There's no more sacrifices that need to be made. And then what does it say? From that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. What do you think he's waiting for? What do you think he's waiting for? He's waiting for us. He's waiting for us. He is waiting for us. Do you see that? He's waiting for us. It's time to arise and shine. For your light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of God rests on you. The king of glory lives in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory for this neighborhood. Jesus is the answer. And he lives in you. Heaven has an answer. Heaven is where God is and he lives in you. He lives in you. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. God is not dead. He's alive and well. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation. Oh, where, I'm. I'm running out of time here. Thank you, Jesus. Revelation five ten says, and have made us. Kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. He's made us to be kings and priests, to rule and to reign. The answer is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He will reveal himself to you as you set yourself apart. As John the Baptist did. He went out into the wilderness. He set himself apart. He wasn't well received in his day. But he came with a message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was 2,000 years ago. If the kingdom was of heaven was at hand then, how much more is it at hand right now? Friends, we need to wake up to the times we're living in. We need to bring the government of God, the government of heaven. There is a battle for the United States of America right now. And the saints of God need to arise and shine and begin to speak truth into the atmosphere. There's so much nonsense out there. I don't know what to believe. That's why I've turned it off. My wife filters the stuff for me. I thank God for that because I want to hear what heaven has to say because I know heaven has an answer and his name is Jesus and he lives in you he is the answer Woo. Jesus thank you Ah, thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to reconcile us back to the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for sending. The Holy Spirit on Pentecost to dwell inside of us. Thank you, Lord, that you've privileged us to live in such a time as this. Father, I ask that you would establish. Your kingdom in our hearts today. Establish your kingdom in our hearts today. Let us be a people who are called by your name, who do great and mighty exploits in your name. Father, I thank you for this house here. I thank you that you're awakening hearts for people to know you. You are awakening hearts for people to know you. That you desire intimacy, you desire fellowship. You desire a people who will know you, but who will not only take their position as kings, but as priests to minister unto you. So we minister unto you, Lord. We say we love you. We worship you, Jesus. If you're here today and you want to know him a little bit more, maybe you don't know him. Maybe you've never really made a a commitment. If you're watching out there and you're filled with fear, you're filled with hopelessness, I have good news. The answer is Jesus. He is the answer. And he's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Invite him in your heart to be your Lord and Savior. And I know there's some here you feel a call to the nations to preach the gospel of the kingdom in the nations. If that's you, I want, you to, I want to call up the altar workers to come up first. And those that feel a call to the nations or those that just want to have that intimate relationship with him, to really know him. We want to pray with you this morning. If you feel a call to the nations, my wife will pray for you. But I'm telling you, the nations are here in Chicago. I'm telling you, the harvest is ripe and the laborers are few. Go, therefore. Go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is calling His people to Himself. As you minister to Him, He'll reveal to you the secrets, the mysteries of the kingdom. We need to know Him, we need to know His Word. The answer, all the answers are found in the book. Jesus is the answer to what's happening today. We need to believe the word of God and what it says. It's truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. If anybody has a need, For healing in their body. Please come forward. We'll pray for you. The Spirit of God is here. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 25:2 says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter but the glory of kings is to search out the matter and we are kings we are priests search out the matter the answer is in the book all of your problems whatever they might be the answers are found here Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. There is no other way. We preach here, and I know Joe does, we we preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified, dead, buried, and risen on the third day. He's not a dead God. He is alive. And He lives in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory for a lost and dying world. Heaven has an answer and it's you. The people out there are hungry. They're fearful. They're hopeless. And they're looking for an answer. And that answer is you. Jesus is sitting on the throne at the right hand of the Father and he's waiting till his enemies are made his footstool he's waiting for us friends he desires to establish his father's kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven hallelujah thank you Jesus Lord we thank you world needs what you have friends they need what you're carrying they need it they need him do you hear me they need jesus they might never come inside this building but they might go to your life group I remember leaving Africa, January 27th, 2019. The Lord spoke to me before we left. He said, I'm changing your occupation. You're a farmer now. You are a farmer and your job is to sow seed. Your job is to plow up the foul ground in the United States. So we're missionaries to the United States now until we, they open the doors to the Philippines for us. This is the harvest field. There is no greater harvest field than in the United States. There are too many unbelieving Christians that don't believe the word of God. know him that we might know him he is awakening hearts so people might know him let's worship him